0: This week's episode is brought to you by Mr. Avalanche's Wild Ride. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. Lose your lunch on Mr. Avalanche's Wild Ride. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm Steph Austin. You're locked into the Mile High Hockey Podcast for October 24th, 2016. Coming up on the show, Schrodinger's abs go on the road, and we look at all the games. Plus, the latest player to hit the waiver wire, plans from Miko Rantanen, and scoreboard watching in October for fun and fitness. But before we the whoosh, our other disembodied voice for the week is Earl 06. Of course, what's up, Earl? Good evening. And via cell, first time, long time, Ryan Murphy, everybody. Ryan Murphy. <laughs> Howdy. Four games. We better get to them. On Monday, Avs win 4-3 in overtime over the Pittsburgh Penguins, despite starting with a quick 2-0 deficit again. Again, that gets his first, as does Wierkosch. Then Landeskog ties it late and scores another just hilarious overtime winner. If you're feeling sad, watch Landeskog win games in overtime. It's amazing. <laughs> well, let's, let's take a quick inventory of his overtime goals that I can remember off the top of my head. There's the... Flew goal against Anaheim that spawned Landeskogging. Yeah, there's the what is Jonathan Quick doing goal in Frozen Fury, <laughs> and then there's this one out of the air around uh, Mark Andre Fleury's head. Yeah, if you're the if
1: you're the Penguins,
0: you just sort of shake your head on that. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, a rough start for Calvin Pickard, but he definitely turned it around as the game went on, finishing with 28 saves on 31. The next night, Colorado dragged ass into Washington and got it handed back to them, 3-0 the final, outshot 40-18, it started bad, and it went downhill from there, enough said, as far as I'm concerned. On Thursday, the Avs brought their varsity squad to Tampa, where they won 4-0 over the Lightning, Varlamov gets 27 saves in the shutout, which is one of his easiest shutouts ever in Colorado. Duchesne finally got one in the net and then did it again. Three-point night for him, plus two shots in the third period for the Avs, which both were goals, one for Martinson and one for Soderbergh. Colorado dominated 40 minutes of this game and played pretty evenly when you count for score through the thirds. Their best game of the year by a lot against a good team. Yeah. Then on Saturday, the Avs brought their JV squad to Sunrise and got trashed by the Panthers 5-2. Como started the scoring for Colorado before it all fell apart, and the Avs looked sort of like they'd played the night before, even though they hadn't. 300 defensive breakdowns later, Duchesne did score to keep it within reason before that lazy Colborne pass picked off by a really strong Vincent Trocek. Defensive play finished things up. Four goals in two minutes and 26 seconds in the third of that one. Catch your breath. So, four points out of eight on the road. A win over the Penguins and a win over the Lightning. When added into the home opener over Dallas, I'm gonna shut up. Are you satisfied?
1: I'm definitely satisfied. Um, you know, that was—I I was thinking four was good, six would have been nice, but you know, just to not dig a hole in the in the beginning of the year, getting those four points was important, and mission
2: accomplished. Yeah, I called the four points last week, and I am. Uh... Not happy to say it was accurate, but uh, I do take this overall. That Washington game is was a schedule loss from the beginning. And, you know, this team was in that Florida game for a long time, whether or not they deserved to be. Uh, I think overall the team played as well as they possibly could have on this early road trip.
0: Uh, that's an important point that you make because you know, I, put, I predicted five points, and when they went into the third, hanging on by their nails like they were, I thought this is going to be the overtime loss. Right. I was pretty sure it was going to be the overtime loss. And then, no. Nope.
2: Yeah, like Mm -hmm. I mentioned in the recap, I mean, that was, uh, you know, the Avalanche led for quite a bit. You know, a third of that game. You know, it was tied for another third of that game. Only at the very end of the second period did Florida take a lead. Then the third period was just comical.
1: (laughs) I was really surprised by Florida. I mean, I, I haven't watched them much, and... You know I, I, I had no idea they were gonna be that good so in retrospect I think I would have said that four points is, looks a lot better than I thought it would have at the beginning of the, the week
0: yeah it was kind of a death march um, so I mean that's that's six points
2: cool yeah. yeah I mean I think we saw the lack of depth that's on the roster right now play out a little bit. I mean, you're going to have to have a really strong roster from top to bottom in order to manage more than four points with that kind of schedule on the road.
1: Yeah, I mean, I doubt you could pick four tougher teams to play in a row like that in in one week,
0: and, you know,
1: they they did fine in my eyes.
0: So how about the team's complete instability? We go from game to game, we see an Avalanche team that look like they could compete in the playoffs and then we see an avalanche team that looks like they could compete for the first overall pick (laughs) right is this much of an up and down experience what we were expecting this year
2: (laughs) early on absolutely i mean what we're seeing is a team that's trying to implement a system it does not fully grasp yet i think it's very clear watching this team that they've still got work to do it's still got roster pieces to implement. And, you know, I didn't expect up and down, drastic up and down results.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that. I, I think they're, I don't think the full system is in place. And I think what's there is, is grasped uh, better by some than it is by others. So, you know, I, I think this is a work in progress until Thanksgiving. And then we can really see sort of... You know, what what the, the ceiling is for it right now.
2: With the, yeah, with we the just ball. need this team to stay 500-ish, you know, until then. Uh, and right now, uh, we're getting better that. So, again, I think they're performing better than expected so far.
0: See, what's weird about it for me is I expected this much instability, like, within a game. Like, I'd expect to see 20 great minutes followed by 20 poop minutes followed by 20 minutes that are kind of passable, you know? I, that it's from game to game is what's strange to me. Like, you can see an entire very strong game against the Lightning, followed by an entire garbage game against the Panthers.
2: Uh, you know, I wouldn't even describe the Panthers game entirely garbage. I'd say that first ten minutes of that hockey game were very much in favor of the Avalanche. I liked the way they were playing. Yeah, and then they, we saw the past minutes. too, for a while. That's true.
1: And even yeah, then the we saw the, the
2: past minutes, and then we saw the boo. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But, but even at the end of the second, the the Corsi differential was terrible, but the shots and the scoring chances were pretty even. So, right. Uh, I I mean that doesn't pass the eye test, but you know, I I don't know what that says, but it it, it says to me that something was working better than it looked to the eyes.
0: See, I wasn't is... able to watch the second period against Florida. Um, I had to go make a make a run, but uh. From what I saw, the first thing started out okay and then fell off pretty quick, and then the third was just, like like Ryan said earlier, comical. Yeah. Uh,
2: and I'd say a lot of that is due to some of these very untimely penalties, and I'm not sure if you've got this queued up for a topic later, but I sense a pattern in a lot of this fall-off that we're seeing within the middle of games tied directly to stupid, stupid penalties. Yeah.
1: And there have been a lot of those. <laughs> and that's something we were told to expect. You know, they were gonna be more aggressive, to expect more penalties, but you know, the, the the kind of penalties I'm seeing, you know, a lot of like Againless penalties are really pissing me off because they're not aggressive penalties, they're lazy penalties.
2: Right. Precisely. And,
1: you know, that that's sort of a a dichotomy within the team because You know, there are guys that are playing aggressively and not getting those penalties, and yet there's a guy that's not playing aggressively, and he is taking penalties.
2: It's a guy that's not playing big minutes, and when he is playing, he's taking, what, four or five penalties now in the early going. Yeah. I mean, this can't afford that. I mean, uh, even the the fighting nonsense we're seeing, trying to make himself important, I can do without it.
0: Oh, yeah, for I mean, sure. we're
2: not seeing the guys getting the big minutes like, you know, Duchesne, McKinnon, Landeskog. They're not taking the penalties. And, you know what, that's great seeing Adam Landeskog early on, believe me.
1: I was going to say, that's sneaky good for him.
0: Oh, yeah. Right. Especially considering how good he's been. <clears throat> but, yep. yeah, yeah, guys like, um, guys like Aginla, guys like Como, guys like Zadorov on his bad nights are so, I mean, some of them are the cross-checking in front of the net, kind of playing rougher, more aggressive penalty. But a lot of it is the, oh, I got lazy, got my stick up in your hands, or I got beat, so my stick got in your skates. Garbage. Yeah.
2: One guy I'm going to excuse from some of this that's gotten a couple of penalties in early going is Andreas Martinson, who has gotten some of the most inexplicable Calls I've seen within hockey games early this
0: season. Oh, that roughing call on against Florida was just shenanigans. Oh, that was terrible. It made no sense at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't I...
0: think it offended the final score of the game, but that
2: definitely was not worth it.
1: It's just, it's tragic because I mean, yeah, they're behind the net. You're the ref. You can't see it clearly, but it's just, you can't assume that they pasted the guy illegally just because he. You know, made a really good hit on
2: them. Really, really good hit. Of, of the
1: ten things I thought the penalty was going to be, roughing was not one of them. Either. No.
0: <laughs> and I, I thought, you know, maybe it's a game management call. Maybe the ref is saying, no, this game is over. You're not going to start running it, guys. But no, it's not a penalty. No. Yeah. It's just not a penalty. It's not like a borderline thing that you've been letting go. Like for example, the Ovechkin glove punch, which is a borderline thing that gets let go. Right. Um, This is it's just a strong hockey hit that happens just as the guy gets rid of the puck. I mean, that happens a couple of times a game, and gets the gets your crowd to yell at you, and doesn't get a whistle. So get it together.
1: Yes. it's not like Andy's the kind of guy that starts stuff all the time, too. No. I mean, you know, he'll mix it up in front of the net, but it's not like he's Cody or Como or, you know, he's not a sandpapery guy, really.
2: I just think he's getting this reputation of being one of the strongest
0: checkers in the league. And yeah. you know what? He is. Yeah, if he gets a guy right. Uh, he's I mean, he's actually had some pretty good plays with his hands this week, too. That's, he surprised me in a lot of ways.
2: Yep, I still like him on the penalty kill. Even though I realize the Avalanche as a unit have not been great PK no. group, but I, I think Martinson playing on that in those pairings has been effective so far.
1: Yeah, he's one of the guys in the bottom six that I think has really taken to the system. First of all, and and second of all, it has benefited his game a lot.
2: Right, um, we weren't even sure he was gonna you know make the roster out of camp necessarily yeah. you know with all the additions and now i think he's earned his place in that bottom six.
1: Oh yeah now he's he's been fantastic he's he's so much better than i thought he was going to be and he, he's just miles ahead of where he was even right at the end of the last year
0: oh yeah he,
2: i mean we were having nightmares of patrick gordolo you know version two and that's just not the case here
0: yeah i mean he is much more than that He seems to be a guy who really needs that kind of strict structure to abide by. And one thing that we heard a few times um, with the exodus of Patrick Waugh is that in this new system, guys are happy because they know what they and all their teams should be doing at all times. Right. So, I mean, it has been one of those things where Martinson doesn't have very good instincts, but when he has this very well-defined role to fill, he can excel in that.
1: It's his second year, too. I mean, yeah, he's older. But, you know, this is his second NHL year. I mean, he's, you know, he's very young in NHL terms, so it's very good to have that structure and to be told exactly what to do and where to be. Mm-hmm. And I, right. I think We've been really helped. I mean, you know, a lot of people are trying to money morning quarterback getting rid of Everberg or even Randulich or, or uh, guys like that. And I, I think maybe Everberg might have benefited from that, but, you know, it's definitely helped. Like, Martinson to get through his second year.
2: Right. I mean, we talked all last year about Nico Branton becoming a better player on small ice and we should be having the same conversation with Martinson.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Um, so maybe it's to do with roster construction from night to night that they're having such big swings. I mean, we've seen Rene Bork in and out of the lineup. We've seen Cody McLeod in and out of the lineup. Um, ben Smith. Ben, Was Ben Smith ever out of the lineup? Yeah, one night. Okay. I don't remember that. That that tells you how much of an impact he's had. I don't remember whether he plays or not.
1: (laughs) It was either Penguins or Washington he missed.
0: Well, if he missed Washington, he's the lucky mofo.
1: Maybe he's the lucky charm.
0: Maybe so. (laughs) Maybe the Rampage are going to start going on a big hot streak now. Exactly. (laughs) Spoiler for later, Ben Smith's on waivers. Um... But this week, who's been your uh, your three stars of the week? Who's your three favorite players this week?
2: Um, Varlamov shut out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Does it
2: count that he also had a poor game right afterward?
0: It's kind of hard to lay that one to his feet, to me.
2: Yeah,
0: I a like Varlamov
2: on. shut out. He looks great.
1: Landeskog against the Pens for sure. That was uh, just
0: he and McKinnon yeah. both.
1: Yeah, they but, can I mean, share
0: that
1: one. Yeah, but it just you know, it, just being captainy like that and scoring the tying goal late in the game and then winning it. I mean,
2: you, you know, can't leave him off the list. I mean, that's just, yeah, I mean
1: that's just that's that's what we expected from him in you know, real we, clutch we all,
2: effort too. Clutch.
1: Yeah, his clutch per sixty was huge that
2: night. <laughs> um, I'll throw. Matt Shane on that list for scoring a whole bunch of points this week and not playing on an ideal line for him or even playing all that well individually himself yeah I um, mean he's finding a way to be productive and you know what he hasn't even caught a stride yet
1: I think that line deserves a little bit of talking about because it's sort of the lost sheep line it's it sort is. of it's sort of the everybody else line
0: I'll tell everybody what line you're talking about
1: three centers that could probably be doing a great job on other lines, but they've been put together because it seems like there's no other place to put them right now. Although that's debatable. Um, But I just, I I don't see them gelling very well. I think Gregoranko was, was good at the beginning of the season, but he's really been invisible for the last three games. Uh, Carl's kind of up and down and Duchesne only finally got going um, a couple of games ago,
2: so Tampa game, right? Yeah. So yeah, I don't see Duchene and Carl Soderberg ever playing on a line as effectively as both those players be individually. It's well, I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, they played at totally different speeds, and I think Grigorenko kind of um, amplifies that because Grigorenko and Soderberg might play at a similar speed because they're neither of them very quick. Um. But it, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not working that well.
0: I wonder about um, Grigorenko trying to, to do maybe the same kinds of things he did in the preseason in his preseason competition against Matt Duchesne line, a regular season defensive competition. Right. Like I mean, he's, he, he's, he's not he seeing seven and eight D-man scrubbo's anymore. He's seeing Eric, you know, your uh Chris Letang's of the world. Yep, I mean
2: Matthew Sheen's going to draw the best attention from defenses on him. Good at night. I mean, uh, it, it's going to be an adjustment for him consistently playing in that top six. And I'm not sure each of these guys end up playing on a second line all year. I, I think somebody ends up managing that third line center position at some point, Gregorinko or Soderberg.
1: Yeah, I think in the name of spreading out talent, you got you have to try it at least some of the time. You know I mean I think it's fine to put that line together sometimes right or you know maybe put all those guys in the top six at some times but you know I, I think that you really need to spread out the talent when things aren't working like they did in, in Washington and Florida
2: right which we've seen very little reticence to switching up lines by this coach I mean he's been experimenting with lines. You know, over the course of games, but it's kind of uh, resolving back to these standard lineups on any given night. And I'm not sure it'll stay that way when you get a Miko Rantanen or a John Mitchell back, but uh, I don't know. Right now, you just have very little option. Spoilers. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm just ruining all
0: this. <laughs> so um, one common thread of all the players that we like this week that we mentioned is that the best players were the best players. Right. For the Avalanche to have success, much like any team, their best players must be their best players. But they don't have the depth for their best players to not be their best players.
1: And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't include EJ in there, because he's been just fantastic.
0: Most of the time, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: You know, it's fantastic... At a at a level of fantastic as as good as anyone on the team. Yeah. Um, and that's great to see, just because you know he's supposed to be our best D man, and he is.
2: Yeah, and he's mostly been playing with a second year defenseman who you know has been up and down himself.
0: Oh, it's robot Ryan. No. Oh.
2: Am Are I you breaking up?
0: <laughs> you going over Pikes Peak? What's up here? <laughs> No, headed north the Great White North. Yeah, I mean that's 45. a big job. Yeah, um, but we'll we'll uh, we'll give it give you some time for that to settle down. And by the way, I, Earl, I don't know if you can hear all the static coming out of him that I can, but don't worry about it. I should be able to erase that. Um, let's look um, uh, on the on the downside. Then who are we've, if who are our three scratches for this week? Who would we um, give the boot? To? And I'm going to go ahead and say Ben Smith is off limits because he's been given the boot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I, no, I'm going first. Blake Como. Go. Okay. So I'm taking goddamn penalties. Uh,
2: good tip <laughs> uh, in the Florida game, you know, for a goal. But uh, obviously, everything else he's done could be a lot better.
0: I thought he played really well against Tampa, just like everyone else did. Um, right. i th- thought in all of his other games he has had me pulling my hair out
2: which i don't understand he was so consistently decent last year that it's weird for me to see him be not good in games
1: i think he's i think he seems to be one of the vets that is struggling with the new system right you know maybe the sort of freewheeling style of, of patrick's system fit him better or something like that but he just, you know, sometimes he seems a little lost out there. There's some bad passes. Uh, the, whatever he did last night to create the turnover for the one of the two-on-ones was awful. Um, you know, hopefully he, he gets it. He's a vet. He should be able to, you know, by Christmas time, have it all figured out.
2: Right, and some of that may entail his third-line playing partners being better than who they've been.
0: <laughs> that might help.
2: You know, uh, right. If that third-line centers even John Mitchell, I, I think he's probably playing better
0: himself. I know who Earl's going to say. You want to go ahead and say it?
1: Yeah, Iggy. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a problem when a guy like that is not contributing... And actively hurting the team. And if this sounds a lot like Alex Tangay from just about this time last year, it it should because it's, it's kind of the same thing coming over the horizon.
2: <laughs> um, See, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's not just not contributing. It's the negatively contributing part that's hurting. Yeah. You know, if, he, if he were just playing like he's capable right now and not taking penalties and doing it on bottom lines, then fine. You know. You take him for his occasional power play prowess and deal with his deficiencies. But when he's hurting you by, you know, putting you guys at a disadvantage, you know, staying in the box for two minutes at a time, that part we can't have.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's lazy penalties and I I, I hate stick penalties. And that's that's kind of what he's been doing other than the the instigator deal. Right. Uh, the other thing I'm hating about his game, just so we can go on and on about it, is that he's going off sides and he's flying the zone. He's not sticking with everybody and providing support. And you know, that that's you know, that that's hurting more than just making him look bad. That's that's hurting everybody on the ice at the time and hurting the team in general. So you know, that that's something that's a, a little disappointing from a veteran leader.
0: Uh, veteran leader Jerome McGinley is currently the team's penalty minute leader by 16 minutes. <laughs> and yes, he does have a 10-minute instigator in there, but he's got 25 penalty minutes in five games.
2: At this point, I'd take Cody McLeod, and that's saying
0: something.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know. Not on that line. <laughs> no,
0: but... Uh. Hey, and what, what was that fight Cody had? Like, what on earth... Like hey, you know. want to fight? All right, pop, 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 pop. All right, we justified our existence tonight. We
1: <laughs> fired up the team, though.
0: Hey, sure it did. <laughs> like nothing was happening, and then they fought, and then nothing continued to happen. <laughs> so there, there's two scratches. We have, do we have a third? Um, I'll give
2: you Eric Jelinov. That was kind of a disappointing emergence from the notch of seats. Yeah, I. I'm not sure that's a large enough sample size to be too down on him, but I expected a little more out of him in that game. He pretty much got benched from the first period on.
1: Yeah, I was surprised when he wasn't, you know, even a consideration for the starting lineup on opening night because he looked good in preseason. Right. uh, You know, apparently the coaches know more than me from my couch in North Carolina.
0: What?
2: Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't even get to see him enough to, to figure out whether what he was doing poorly was fixable or not. But.
2: Right. I, I didn't really notice him enough that
0: game, but. It
1: was... I noticed him passing it to the other team.
0: hmm. <laughs> right. So, um, while I have the stats page up from looking at the penalty minutes, um, this is surprising to me. The uh, Avalanche point lead is tied between three guys McKinnon, Duchesne, and Patrick Weirkosh. Yeah, who has hmm. five points? Zero of them on the power play.
1: What you, isn't that? Didn't he have like five points for Ottawa last year?
0: Something like I think it was four. <laughs> Something like that. Like this, this dude—he wanted to come to Denver, from what we're hearing. He got his wish, and he has been for his contract. He's been found money. Oh, I right. mean, everything you,
1: you said about him was true. Like, if you look at him, you're, it's it's not pretty to look at, but it's effective.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And, I mean, he's not the type of player that's going to stand out and, you know, be among our top three players like that. But gosh, he's getting those points consistently. Yeah. So, and his defense has been better than we're used to. That's for damn sure.
0: Yeah. At, at times. At times, it's also been a little bit shouty. But, all so, I
2: need him to be is like Nick Holden or better you know, and <laughs> hopefully a lot better. By the way,
0: um, going on Twitter during Rangers games and searching Nick Holden it has been <laughs> a nice form of entertainment this year. Um, it has. T- but honorable mention in, this, in the stars for Patrick Weirkosh not quite enough to right. to join the top three, but honorable mention there. Oh, yeah, you guys see back the and-
2: Mile High Hockey Twitter feed, you know, on the back end of it with Rangers fans just going,
0: why?
2: Why? <laughs>
0: Your problem now, guys. <laughs> the abs fans are just kind of sitting there watching complaints about Nick Holden, complaints about Matt Hunwick in Toronto, and just oh, going right. meh, 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 meh. Like, hey, don't <laughs> tell Hunwick's us who we uh, already you know. It's
2: <laughs> because <hey. laughs> you guys are just getting around to it.
0: So, um, another like, another p- uh, player-related point to mention is that. Um, on Thursday it was on Thursday. Nikita Zadorov had his best game as an NHLer. Does anyone yeah. disagree?
2: Not uh, no. even slightly. No, that was that
1: that was foreshadowing of what we can expect from him in the coming years.
2: Yep, that's number one defenseman ability right there. And uh, granted, you know it's not consistent yet, but we're seeing his upside, which is really nice to see right now.
0: good talk (laughs) so that was the week that was it was crazy Um, we saw dominant wins we saw wins over cup contention teams and we saw just bad so we'll see what gets carried over um, into the following week so um, what do you say is it too early to look at playoff standings of course it's not um let's look around the central. Who's winning the central right now? Do you know? The Blues. The Blues. The Blues. The St. Louis Hockey Blues. Um, to which I say stop that. I hate you guys. Coming in number 2, Bruce Boudreaux's Minnesota Wild.
2: Yeah, how are they nice doing? Start?
0: I don't know. I Did did you guys see the Taylor Hall goal in overtime? Like all no. all three Wild defenders are in one faceoff circle. And Taylor Hall standing in the slot, like, hey, give it me. <laughs> and they did. And he scored. What a surprise. Um, number three. Hi, it's us. Colorado Avalanche. Hello. Uh, four, Chicago. Five is Dallas, who um, would snipe the Pacific second wild card spot. And then Winnipeg, six. And Nashville, seven. That's a big surprise. What's up with Nashville? Is it they go all goaltending, or is there more to it?
2: They're not scoring
1: much, right? Um, I I didn't think it was you know I thought they were kind of overrated. Um, you know I, I don't I didn't pick them for the bottom or anything like that. But you know the fact that they're struggling isn't a huge surprise because they're goaltending and that their scoring is you know it depends on on a few guys rather than a team deal. So I, I don't. I don't think it's anything that they should be that worried about, but as long as they don't eat at the uh, eat dinner in Detroit too often.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they're plus 15, minus 15 when it comes to goal differential. Right. And uh, actually, someone must have finished up a game because the standings are different from what they were earlier. Yeah, Edmonton beat Winnipeg 3-0. So I just lied to you guys. And Nashville is 6 and Winnipeg is 7.
2: <laughs> moving on up
0: moving on up but the entire Western has at least or the entire Central has at least four points to uh, Anaheim Calgary and Arizona who have three three and two yep which is pretty much what we'd expect an inauspicious start for uh, for, for Anaheim yeah, and either. Edmonton are five and one
2: uh, that surprises me too and I, I haven't checked their schedule. I'm not sure who they've been playing, but uh, I think I expected improvement from that team with uh, a particular player staying healthy. I always forget his name. What's his name? I don't know. But uh, if he's healthy, I think that seems better. <laughs> I think his name is Hockey Jesus. Ah, it's a biblical name. Nice.
0: Hockey Jesus.
1: I mean, is that, are they going to keep that up all year, though?
0: I don't know. I mean, uh, I haven't seen them. We'll see. Playing Colorado's schedule, I don't think they have that record.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: Let's go see who they played. I don't know who they played. They played Winnipeg today. They beat St. Louis. They beat Carolina. They got spanked by Buffalo. They beat Calgary. They beat Calgary, and they beat Vancouver. Yeah, that's not a bunch of world beaters. No, nope, right just kidding. That Vancouver's preseason. Oh.
1: <laughs> well, look at. I mean, okay. I. I was looking at Vancouver's schedule when they were 4-0, and they didn't beat anybody.
0: Look at these scores. 7-4, 5-3, 6-2. What year is it? <laughs> wow.
2: 1983.
1: Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I hope they keep it up just for funsies in the league. You know, it's, a, it, it's better to have teams like them in Dallas and, you know, maybe us. Um, that are going to score a lot and probably give up a lot of goals.
0: Yeah. Not that Colorado's gotten to see where they stack up face-to-face with much of their divisional rivals. Just Dallas. We'll see Winnipeg soon. Um, but it's still a little ways out before we start running into, um, you know, our familiar foes very regularly. Right.
1: Well, just You know, nobody's really playing that well in the division, except for St. Louis. Um, and I haven't seen Minnesota, apparently they are, but I mean, Chicago has been really bad. I guess they're starting to climb back up because they were, they were below us for a They were down on the bottom for a while.
0: Yeah. Um, Chicago is a team that I expected to take a, a dip this year. Um, and so far as what they're doing, but Hey, it's October 24th. Who knows? Yeah, (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it'll be November before we start seeing Central Division opponents regularly when we get Nashville, Chicago, Minnesota, St. Louis, Arizona, Winnipeg, you know. Sounds fun. Nashville looks like a disaster. Nashville November looks like a mess as I look ahead, but we'll talk about that someday.
1: Again, is it worse than what we just went through?
0: Um, It's the West version of what we just went through, and it's a whole month. There's Columbus and Vancouver in there, but otherwise, if Edmonton continues what they're doing, it's a big problem. Um, So let's look at some recent Avalanche news. Um, Sunday afternoon, the Avalanche announced that they had waived Ben Smith. Ben Smith is heading back down to the AHL. The expectation, um, per Mike Chambers, is that following a couple of Rampage games early this week, I think Monday and Tuesday, is that right? Ranton uh, Rantanen will, will be back with the Avalanche.
1: Nah, he just finished up. They, they played last night and today.
0: Do they do they not play Tuesday?
1: They are, but I don't think he's... I mean, I think he's going to... I think he's probably on his way by now.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, do you think it, he's it, better served a, by playing games or getting in practices?
0: Well, considering that Chambers uh, indicated the opposite, you may be right. I know yeah, the it, Avalanche it, are not practicing on Monday.
1: Yeah, AJ said that Miko's locker is full of all his stuff right now.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so he's he's probably go, coming pretty soon. Like
0: we know he's coming. It's just a matter of is he going to play that last game on Tuesday or not?
1: Uh, you know, if it was at home, I think maybe, but um, it's it's an away game. I, I just you know where is it? It's it's just up I thirty five in in Cedar Park in Austin, but um. I look at it as more of an opportunity to get injured when he doesn't need to be injured, rather than to get more game experience. I think he needs to be practicing with the Avalanche this week, right? You know, he he missed a lot.
0: So, um, with the with the return of Miko Rantanen, let's play with the Lions. Where do you want to see him on Friday?
1: Want or where do I think he'll be? Both. I think he and Johnny Mitchell are gonna slot in on the fourth line for Cody and Ben Smith.
2: Okay, I think that's a good guess. I, I think it's more likely he slots in at right wing on the third line for Como. Oh gosh, maybe I'm not sure. get it down. Do you? I almost see him playing center.
1: If I don't know awesome? I mean, if, if Mitchell wasn't as ready as, as we were led to believe this afternoon, then I'd say, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could almost see him going next to Colburn and, and uh, Martinson. That wouldn't surprise me that much, but it just seems like if the two guys that need to be gone out of the lineup are the center and the right wing on the fourth line, then that's probably where those two guys are going to end up going in.
0: I would also prefer to see him opposite Bad Andy and Colborne to begin with. Um, John Mitchell took a full practice today, by the way, is what we're referring to. Hadn't mentioned that yet. Um, My main wish is that Miko Rantanen plays the Miko right wing. It's where most of his experience is. Center's not a big deal. He's played a lot of center in his career. Uh, We drafted him as a right winger, though. And that's where the team was really thin.
2: Yeah, right?
1: I mean, I think the goal is, I, I, I mean, just because just I'm saying that I think he's going to start out on the fourth line doesn't mean I think he's going to stay there very long. I mean, it could be second period of the Winnipeg game and he's moving up to the third or even taking some shifts with the, the top six. But, you know, I, th- I think when they announce the lineup on Friday,
2: that's where those guys are going to slot in. Yeah, we have to remember, too, that he has not had a lot of time for himself to Coach Bedner. <laughs> he was injured before he took control of the team or you know, start getting guys for training camp. So there will be an ingratiating period here that he needs to work through.
1: Yeah, just, you know, I've watched him in four games in San Antonio. I, you know, I wouldn't say he's dominant down there right now. He's not as good as he was last year, so, you know.
0: He did nope. kind of get a late start this year with that little injury he had.
1: Yeah, so he's he's working through some stuff that, you know, he's going to need to ramp up his skill level to get up to, you know, being ready for the top six. I mean if you, I I just don't think he's ready to be in the top six right off the
0: bat. So what's your fourth line on Friday?
1: Whew. <clears throat> Gabriel Bork, Mitchell and, and uh Ranton and Como.
0: And then that makes the third line Bad Andy and Colborne and Ranton and Oracomo? Yeah. And then, with any luck, Colorado spanks the hell out of Winnipeg, and by the third (laughs) period, Rantanen's getting some experiment time with Gabe Lanneskog and Nathan McKinnon.
1: Yeah, I mean, he can start off on a second power play unit. You know, like, I don't know if you've noticed who's playing on that. It's not very good. (laughs) You know, Duchesne's kind of on an island there by himself. I'm sure that would be a great place for (laughs) Miko to start getting some skill
2: time. Uh. shane belongs on an island at all times right (laughs) island rewind island power play group
0: why not he's an elite player he's so he can pull him up just like you know just like the old paul Stastny days (laughs) um because that that first power play's been you know pretty stacked it's landis Gog, mckinnon um i think colborne was there you know he's it's mainly where we've seen Tyson Berry slotted up and Eric Johnson, and then the second pairing, or second set, has been Matt Duchesne and the Pips.
2: Yeah,
1: it's like Iggy and Como, and you know, I mean, it's just,
0: that. <laughs> Alright, Matt, go make these guys score. Do, do You see who they are, right? Alright. We'll give yeah. it a go.
1: So, I mean, that, you know, that, that would be a great way for for Miko to to dive into the NHL and start being a productive member of it.
0: So I don't think he has any place on a line with Cody McLeod on it. And I also don't think he has any place on a line with John Mitchell on it. Because um, those are very much guys who are trying to just get in people's faces and then get the puck going the other direction. And then if they do anything with it at all, then it's icing on, on top, right? <laughs> M- yeah. We need more than that from, from Miko Rant, and then even like immediately. I'd rather see him on a line that's more designed to try to score, at least, uh, you know, as a secondary scoring option, than to be on that four checking line, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him in an opportunity where he can develop more, <laughs> and I just don't think he's going to get that opportunity with Cody
0: McLeod and John Mitchell.
1: I don't see McLeod on that line at all. <clears throat> I think McLeod's going to sit.
0: So you think it's going to be Gork?
1: Yeah. I I, I mean... There's a we, wild
0: card to throw in here, by the way. Speaking of Bork, you know, Rene Bork may be healthy by then.
1: Let's hope not, but... Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: nothing, I, nothing personal, Rene.
1: Yeah. And one thing that, that uh, we haven't mentioned yet is Gabriel Bork passed through waivers, <clears throat> and he would seem to have been their maybe first choice to send down before the season. <laughs> But here we are, Ben Smith is being waived. It looks like he's the, the odd man out.
0: Yeah, my so. understanding of that was because Gabriel Borg signed a two-way contract. He had to go through waivers. It,
1: that's not true, though.
0: It's not? How, well, how, how could well it? then that man on the internet lied to me.
1: Mike Chambers?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who, but it was somebody. I don't remember who said it. This was, I've slept since then, Matt. It's been a while.
1: It's Terry, Fri- Terry Fryer and Mike Chambers said that. I mean, there's nothing in the CBA that says that.
0: <laughs> they made it up. They must have.
1: I don't know. I maybe, maybe they're they, just confused. About it. Um,
0: but it is interesting but, that he got waived and then, you know, he's had a pretty solid contribution to the team in his role.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I hats off to him because he's earned that spot and sort of taken it away from Ben Smith and Cody McLeod for that matter.
2: Yeah, it's been valuable killing penalties and, you know, pretty neutral on a fourth line that's pretty much what you asked for right yeah
1: yeah i really like his penalty killing ability and he's you know he's not much of an offensive guy i'm sure i'll tell you that so you know the, the way he can contribute is is to be speedy forecheck well and do some pk work and, you know he's done that and more
0: mm-hmm. so um i i also expect him to start down where you do um i just don't think it's ideal
2: I don't
0: think well, it's kind I, of the
1: way that, th- that things work. I'd, yeah, I mean, I, I just... I don't think you can put him on the second line to start out. You know, I don't think you can put Duchenne up with Landis, and McKinnon, and put Ranton in with, with Soderberg and, and Grigorenko and expect good things to happen.
0: No, of course not.
1: <clears throat> you know, I, I think once he starts getting his skills up to that level... You know, I think then is when you really go through a major lineup shuffle. Like I, I said last week that I would like to see Miko with with Mikhail Grigorenko on a third line with somebody else. Um, you know, I, I think that would be nice to have Duchesne back with McKinnon, or you know whether they keep the the other lines sort of like they were, but um, sort of start to build a third line that, that's a scoring threat for real.
0: Yeah. I mean, the third line that they have is a bunch of tertiary scoring threats.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> What's nice is you can take those guys that aren't half bad in their tertiary scoring roles and you can distribute them through three lines and then, you know, they're not as isolated as, as a, you know, maybe a, a 10% chance of getting a goal. You know, they, they can help out and do other things for the skill guys.
0: Yeah, they can be defensively responsible and win board battles and do those things that keep them in the league.
1: Or just be huge like Joe.
0: Or just be huge. Just plant your ass in the goalie's face and keep it there. Yeah. Wiggle it a little bit. I don't care. <laughs> Get your PK Subban on and drink a bunch of coffee before the game. Let loose.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I just I, – I think that, you know, that that's what they're kind of waiting for is someone – to be able to, to mix up the, the top nine and, and sort of distribute the talent a little differently.
2: Yep. So in summation, we think he's going to be on that third or fourth line. We don't think that's where he ends up. And that could happen within just a matter of weeks.
0: It's all up to him. It is. Iggy's is his spot to take a hundred percent. I think he's going to be able to develop towards that faster playing a 10 to 12 minute a night third line than a five to eight minute fourth line and put them on the damn power play from the word go. Just put them on it. Why not?
1: It's not like it's killing it out there. I mean, you know, it's a decent power play. I mean, I know it's rated highly in the league right now, but it's, you know,
0: that's a little bit inflated by the Dallas stars, goaltenders
1: that. And the fact that the, 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 first unit is, is quite good. And the second unit is garbage. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and that's that actually raises an interesting point that I forgot about um we've been ha- we've hammered a little bit you know, with some sideways swipes at the penalty kill it's important to remember <clears throat> who they've been killing penalties against
1: mm-hmm. true
0: um they've been up against the Ben Sagan Dallas Stars they've been up against the crosby Penguins which still have Malkin and Kessel and they've been up against Washington with Ovechkin's, you know, 93% of his goals coming from one spot in the power play. Right.
2: The best power play player in the league.
0: And that's without even mentioning Backstrom and Kuznetsov and just, like, <gasps> get out of here. Yeah. Tampa's yeah. got a wealth of talent on the, on the power play. Yeah. And Apparently Florida isn't bad either. I guess so. <laughs> so I think as the season goes on, I think the penalty kill will get better just because they're not facing, you know... Eastern Conference Finals contenders every night.
1: Yeah, I I haven't taken a look at it just to see exactly why they're failing, but I, you know I would assume the talent against is is probably the main reason.
2: Yeah, and we should acknowledge that they're failing for different reasons than they have been in the past couple of years. I mean, this penalty kill also looks very different.
0: Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, it's not a box. Yeah. And,
1: you know, the, the kind of things that, you know, we were told to look out for, the backdoor pass, you know, Rycroft broke it, or, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Riker broke it down, was it last night? Um, you know, it was, it was that pass to the back door, and the defenseman didn't shut it down, and bang, it went right past Farley. So, yep. Um. Uh, you know, that, that's going to be something that they're, you know, they're just going to have to get better
2: at.
0: Before we um, look ahead to next week, there's one more topic I'd like to bring up, and that is Francois Beauchemin. He uh, didn't have the best start to the season. His pairing with Barry was an absolute tire fire. Like, both, like, against Pittsburgh. I think it was Pittsburgh. Barry and Beauchemin together had like a 33% corusy for and both of them were over fifty percent individual. like apart from each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what it is about that pairing that makes that makes it so bad. But it is, it's just stinks, man.
1: I mean what do you think it could be like speed differential or I mean I was trying to figure that out too because it's not like Boschman went and was playing with a Norris candidate either. I mean he's been
0: playing with Weirkosh.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, it's, it's it's baffling why that just didn't work, but it just didn't. So.
0: Especially because it's a pairing that fans have been clamoring for forever. I know.
2: There's, I mean, you'd think it would work, but it didn't. It's got to be more than just the speed thing. There's got to be more to it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's an anticipation thing where, you know, they're either on the wrong side of the ice at the same time, or on the right side of the ice at the same time. Uh, not sure if they're expecting each other's passes, but right now they're just not even getting the puck up ice, and that should not be a problem for Tyson Berry.
1: Yeah, I mean, playing with Tyson Berry is, is one of the more difficult jobs uh, as a defenseman in the NHL, probably. It is. You know, It must be one in, of the your, more
2: rewarding jobs. So.
1: Yeah, for the first four, you know, four or five games, you have to play with him, just because you know, zoomy has gone and you're just, you know, you're just not expecting that from your, your regular old defenseman. So, uh, yeah, maybe the learning curve just was you know, a little too steep for, for Bosch and it, you know, didn't work out fast enough, but it it
2: just didn't. I don't know. I mean, where, who do you want to see with Barry right now? <laughs> I mean, what's your other option? What do you do? He's been
0: with Tootin, right?
1: And that actually worked better, a lot better than I thought it did.
0: Yeah, that's, that's been all right. And also yeah. on his offhand with EJ.
1: That didn't work so hot. I, mean? I hate EJ on his left hand.
0: But as long as Zadorov is playing well enough to be with EJ, then you can have Barry with Tutin, and then Boschman gets his limited minutes with Weirkosh, who's killing it. Yeah. Which all brings it back down to, I think Boschman is being handled pretty well in terms of, you know, usage and ice time and stuff, which is another another uh, tick in the pro column for oh, Coach Bender.
1: Yeah, we're not seeing the 26-minute nights at all, which is fantastic.
0: I mean, we're five yeah. games in. Um, how yeah. are we feeling about Coach Bender?
1: Thumbs up. You know, uh, I, I think it's yeah. pretty obvious that, that he's, you know... He's very good at explaining things. He's very good at explaining what he wants. He's very good at taking issues and, and
2: dissecting them and fixing them for the most part. Uh, you know? I just like that he's identified some issues on this team that mere fans have been screaming at for years. <laughs> and, you know, something as simple as that Francois Beauchemin usage I mean we know he could probably handle it on a nightly basis but it's going to make him less effective towards the end of the season and it's not necessary He could be a very good third pairing defenseman
1: yeah
2: and I I just like that he hasn't fallen in love with someone who's terrible
1: and keeps him in the lineup when he should and <laughs> couldn't be well again
0: small sample size but yeah not that anyone would ever do that Even the best coaches do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, as far as what we've seen so far, I think Ginla playing in the top six is the only thing that you're like, what are you seeing that I'm not, man? Because this is awful.
0: So, um, before we get to next week, um, I'd like to see if anyone has a few words to say um, in remembrance of General Fanager, the uh, founder of which was hired by the Las Vegas nameless hockey team. This week, um, which is a hell of a pickup for them because he knows the CBA like inside, outside, front, back, and center. And if you've listened to him on the uh, Steve Dangle or Merrick versus podcast, you would have noticed that he is an absolute wealth of knowledge, specifically about expansion, which makes him perfect for that team.
2: Ideal. Yeah, that's
0: too bad. I, I mean,
2: I know some people have different preferences for the websites. Primo. Uh, that was a very well constructed website visually and which one was I found in information...
0: cut
2: out for a sec- Oh, um, I'm not sure which part cut out, but you know, that was visually the best website for that particular resource, you know, on the internet. And I will miss it particularly.
1: I like cap-friendly better, so it's not a big deal for me.
2: (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) I was mainly using General Fanager because everyone else was. I don't really get into the business side of it, like expansion playing and looking at the cap and stuff like that. That doesn't interest me very much. So it doesn't, I mean, it's not a huge deal. I use whatever everybody else uses.
2: Yep. You know, I I was lamenting this kind of on a, you know, uh, SB Nation editors or that we kind of exchange ideas with. And like, why in the world aren't media companies buying these websites for use? No. You
0: know, kidding.
2: why is it why isn't it I mean, why is it always the NHL teams that are picking all these things up? Like, hey, can we get a uh, Vox Media to invest in like a good analytics website, please? <laughs> you yeah. know, so we have it as a resource that we can, you know, help our fans better understand the game i'm waiting for that moment and i wish it happened sooner rather than later because obviously the teams are seeing a lot of value in this information
1: yeah i mean it's i would love to see a site that's sort of the cap friendly guys plus uh, micah and ineffective math you know because his visualizations are fantastic i you know I don't know if his information is any better than anyone else's. I mean, I I know he's a smart guy and all that. But the way that he takes the information and is able to, um, you know, put his, his charts up and make different kinds of visualizations and stuff is fantastic. And that's exactly what a media company should want.
0: Yeah, oh, I know. His works in progress are hilarious, by the way. Yeah. If you, if you were lucky enough to get in on following ineffective drafts before he locked it behind his Patreon, um, the, uh, <laughs> the graphs that aren't quite ready yet turn out hilariously.
1: <laughs> that's, I mean, that's kind of what you have to do. I mean, a, a creative mind like that, thinking of new charts and thinking of, you know, new just weird things to visualize like that. I mean. Um,
0: and then you can just kind of go, what? Well, that's hilarious what about the internet yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see
2: somebody buy, you know, the baseball reference, hockey reference network, those websites and really put some money into it and get, you know, the analytics, the visual analytics side up to par on that website. I mean, that would be perfect. And, you know, there's a lot of money (laughs) in digital media right now that should be investing in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you take a site like Natural Stat Trick that has great information, but it's just a terrible website. (laughs) Right. It's it's so hard to use and it's so hard to find anything. And there's no, like, main page that says, like, this is the kind of stuff that we have. And if you're looking for this kind of information, like, you know, check this and this and this, and your team is going to have things under this and this. I mean, there's nothing like that. So
0: their game flow charts are so good, though.
1: Yeah, I know their game flow charts are awesome. Um, you know, that I, that's just something that, you know, I, I wish that other sites would use that kind of push bull chart because it's, you know, that that's kind of like Mike's flow chart shot. Yeah. Flow chart, yeah. But it's in real time.
0: It's um, like the, uh, have you seen the one that's in three dimensions where like one of those dimensions is time where like you see the barrage of shots going across from one net to the other. Yeah, And whether they miss or whether they get blocked, whether they get saved or whether they go in, you can tell. Yeah, That's a really cool business. I can't remember who did that.
1: But, I mean, that would be awesome to see a website that had that kind of stuff, um, you know, sort of all in one place. Uh Because it's just, I have all these sites bookmarked, and I'm like, all right, so what do I use for this, you know, historic stuff? I know this is for, like, next day charts, and I know this is for in-game stuff, you know.
0: I'm just glad more outlets are letting us download their information, because that was the biggest thing that I was going to miss about War on Ice, is just big spreadsheets that you can just download, and Corsica.hockey has kind of implemented that, which has been really nice.
2: Yeah. Hey, but the uh,
0: I think the Rangers are on.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking
1: to dive in. I, but, you know, Corsica is another one where it's just like, if you don't know what you're looking for, you're never going to find it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it can be a little bit tough to find your way around. Yeah. So, but before we close out and look at next week, do you want to start a new favorite segment, which is Nick Holden tweets? <laughs> so I've got i uh, I've searched for Nick Holden on Twitter, sorted by latest. So there's some of the good ones tonight. Uh, does anyone actually like Nick Holden? Just curious. Hello? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Nick Holden with a pass behind him in the defensive zone, straight to a Coyote. Efficient. Get ready for more of that Nick Holden power play magic. (laughs) I feel bad for Nick Holden. He's like Lenny only being at Ned Flanders' outburst for a couple of minutes and being torn apart.
1: And he's such a good guy too. You just hate seeing the, the vitriol against him because you know, it's just he's a he's just a goofball, a nice
0: guy, for the middle
1: there. But
0: Nick Holden has one power play point and assist in his last 112 games. <laughs> I think Ryan just crashed on us. He sure guys. did. <coughs> and finally, uh, Nick Holden is diary on skates. <laughs> fucking brutal i
1: know we're a week into the season <laughs> that's
0: so brutal
1: wait till march
0: <laughs> so this week the abs have five days with no games ending finally on friday at home versus the winnipeg jets then they turn around and travel saturday night in arizona versus the coyotes so thank you schedule maker for that bizarre little turn of events um, both are 7 p.m. Mountain Starts, Friday on Altitude, and Saturday on Altitude 2, the Ocho. Mm-hmm. So, Winnipeg and Arizona are obviously a far cry from Pittsburgh and Washington. But Winnipeg are a team that Colorado have historically struggled against. Um, Arizona kind of similarly, like they just choked the Avalanche play out in recent years. So what, what are you expecting to see this weekend? Do you think it's... Four points for 100%. Is it going to be rough? What do we think is going to happen?
1: Four points, no problem. Mike Smith's not playing, so we're fine.
0: oh is that you crushing around, or is Ryan back?
1: Ryan's back, but I think he might be in his garage. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to be back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, ran down the...
1: Um, but, yeah, I, I see Winnipeg and Arizona as, you know, I'm not going to say 100%, but I think those are, you know, good shots to pick up four points.
0: Yeah, Winnipeg's a very winnable game. And yeah. uh, Arizona would be if it weren't a schedule loss. It's a back-to-back with travel. Yeah. For no obvious reason.
2: Um, I don't think it's a big deal. No, me neither. <laughs> Chalk those two up this wins for me too. You got a very capable backup goalie, um, and that's pretty much what makes the back-to-back games so treacherous. And normally, um, yeah, I say they got a great chance of winning both games.
1: I mean, who's Arizona's backup goalie? I mean, you know, the backup to uh, the, back. you know, I mean, it's it's
2: it's some it guy.
0: Be, you know, it might be me. It might be me.
2: <laughs> Is it me? I'm not sure. <laughs> either way it's not
1: calvin pickard it's not calvin pickard and it's are they back-to-back or anything like
0: that Uh, you know you would think that someone talking about schedule losses had looked at that (laughs) (laughs) you'd be fucking wrong (laughs) nhl.com slash coyotes yeah they play Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. Nope. It'll they're even. Nice. They're on the road on Thursday, but they have the day off.
1: So that they might not have a practice beforehand. Yeah.
0: yeah, they're on an East Coast trip right now. They're who the Rangers are playing. Oh what? I don't know if if Ryan. I don't know if you got back in while we were doing the Nick Holden tweet segment, but. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I got, like, every third syllable, you know. <laughs> uh, I just got off the road and got back home into my Wi-Fi network here, and I think uh, Skype didn't like that very much.
0: Mm. But, yeah, this is just two games in the next week, and they both are extremely winnable, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll see both games get one. That was maybe the worst sentence I've ever said. <laughs> that was up there.
1: Also, I mean, we're going to have, the abs are going to have practice. They had one today. They're going to have them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, I mean, I know that's a lot of downtime, and the abs traditionally have not taken that well, but.
0: It's a new era, new regime.
1: It's yeah. Next Era, actually, but. Um.
0: Uh, no, it's a new era. I will <laughs> not use the branding.
1: <laughs>
0: also, isn't Next Era new a era hat company?
2: Brand. New Era is a hat company.
0: One of them a hat company.
2: New Era is.
0: Okay. Yeah. So they can just make hats.
2: Let's um, just go with another era. More era. It's an
0: era.
1: <laughs> but okay, during the four practices this week, you know, Smooth Johnny and Miko are going to be integrating with the team. You know, everything's going to be running smooth. Yeah, They're just, I mean, they could win both games 9-0 and it
2: wouldn't surprise me. There we go. I yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I was, I was the pessimist last week who only guessed four points, so now I will atone for my insolence here and guess two victories four points
0: i'm gonna make up for guessing four points by guessing four points (laughs) you know if you ignore context that's hilarious
2: it
1: is
0: (laughs) i mean i don't want to be have the same opinion as you guys because that's boring but i do i think they win both games
2: i just like the players they're getting back I, i think it really helps their bottom six
0: So four points, and we will hopefully see that. Any any, uh, any parting thoughts that you want to get out there in the air today? How was your drive, Ryan?
2: It was rather pleasant, actually. Once I got past Denver. <laughs> uh, anybody have... moving to Colorado, just stop. Just don't do it anymore. <laughs> like you're not allowing the people who live here to, you know, do Colorado things on weekends. When you just clog up all all of our highways. <laughs> right.
0: You should be flattered. Everyone wants to live with you.
1: I know. I could never live on a front range. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the
0: thought yeah. of
1: trying to get through Eisenhower Tunnel like on a weekend, either way, Friday or Sunday.
2: Oh, it's, it's lovely. Let me tell you. I, I did it twice today. And, uh, it was not quick. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so that'll be the last time I go to the mountains again for another year.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Well, you know what also may not be quick for some people this week is uh, four days in a row of practice. It's true. But whatever may come out of those practices and uh, whatever may happen next week, you know you can find out here. Get the latest abs, news, and updates at milehighhockey.com. And you can follow us at facebook.com slash milehighhockey or on Twitter at milehighhockey. The podcast is always online at soundcloud.com slash podcast and mixcloud.com slash podcast. If you have a problem with either platform for some reason, you can bounce to the other and just listen away. Or you can do what the smart thing is and use your favorite podcatcher or iTunes to subscribe and automatically get it downloaded. So we'll have a couple of games and a week's worth of practice to go over next week. Hopefully a lot of, you know, good news to go over. So we will, you know, see you next week. Talk to you then. Volume check coming. Say words.
1: Hello! One that with the shooters who dropped the march and entered into the world. And all that would be mine to switch the poor with virtue and generous duty. When the fear
0: is ache with this victim, then speed it up and What? Of all the things I expected, that was not one of them. <laughs> Oh, God, that was silly. You recognize it? No, I sounded like I was listening to the KHL.
1: That was the introduction to the Canterbury Tales in Middle English.
0: Is that what that was? <laughs> I, just, like, I couldn't understand it, but... I was totally down for it.
1: Yeah, it's...
0: it's. I, I don't know, I mean, it's three centers. Uh-huh. Uh, let's let the dog calm down <laughs> sorry uh, okay so it's, it's three centers go
1: it's three centers that could be you know well used on other lines but yet they're put all together and they're <laughs> not doing so hot you know <laughs> Holy crap. oh my god
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're gonna have to leave that in there.